It's game day, game five tonight, where the Leafs have a chance to advance to round number two. Sheldon Keefe has made his decision on Michael Bunting. We'll tell you what it is and how it impacts the lineup ahead of the game tonight. All that more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the April 27th edition of the Locked On At Least podcast. It's your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. If you're an everydayer, you already know all this information, but if you are a first-time listener to the show, Locked on Leafs is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. We're also free and available on YouTube as well to check out some video content and see these uh, ugly mugs every day while we speak. You could check us out, Locked On Leafs, on YouTube. Hit subscribe. New content coming out each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. Hit the little notification bell as well so you can be alerted exactly when we drop new content. And look, Dave, we're pretty close, man, to uh, doing something that has not been done in this city in nearly 20 years, and that's advanced to round two. The Maple Leafs could do that tonight. Dude, tonight it could happen. They're up three games to one on the Tampa Bay Lightning and on the verge of advancing to round two. How are you feeling on the morning of this day? Yeah, just waiting and there's a lot of anticipation and just hoping that everything that we've been talking about, all the excitement, it finally gets, you know, we, we see we see the other side of it, right? There's that line in the sand right now. It's been drawn. And Leafs are going to have to fight like heck to draw to, to cross over it. And I think a lot of fans right now are are like like right at the edge and they're just there. They're ready to go over. They're ready to go over that line. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of anxiousness. Let's just say yeah. what buck drop happens tonight. Well, that's what it is, right? Like no one in Leafs Nation actually believes that they're going to finish off this series and put away the lightning until it actually happens. Yeah. Like we've been there in 2013 where it looked like the Maple Leafs were going to go through to round two. And what happened? Oh, the 4-1 debacle, the collapse of 2013 happened. We all thought that it was going to happen back in 2020 in the bubble against the Montreal Canadiens, up 3-1 in the series, heading back home. And what happens? Well, they all of a sudden lose the game in game five. They go back to Montreal. They tie the game, bring it to overtime. They're losing game six, and we all know what happened in game seven. Last year, same thing. Up three to two. Going to Tampa Bay, a chance to put them away in their own building. Can't do it. Lose that game in overtime. And then go ahead and lose again in game number seven. So the Maple Leafs have really broken the hearts of fans in the past. So there's a lot of scar tissue that's there. But still, 
I feel like there's a weird level of confidence and excitement going into tonight's game that maybe there hasn't been or there wasn't last year. Like last year when they were playing the Tampa Bay Lightning and they had a chance to put them away in game six, it, it, I, I didn't feel as confident that it was going to actually happen as I do tonight. I don't know if you're in the same boat or if you're still a little weary about things, but that's how I feel going into this game. Yeah, I mean, you're just not gonna not gonna believe until it actually happens, and we we've seen what happens when the pressure is on this team in those critical moments. They have a hard time finding a way to flip that switch, right? And they got to find a way to do it in this game because you open the door ever so slightly to a team that's been there and done it before, and they're gonna make you pay, right? And, and, and just why make things harder? Why do we have to make things harder? Let's just enjoy our weekend. Just can 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 relax. And, and look, Toronto's gonna, if if at the least pull this off, Toronto's going to need a little bit of time to recover too, right? Yeah, like that's the other thing I think people need to keep in mind here. That you know, it's it's been an ice bag series, both sides, yeah. both sides. It's been an ice bag series too. Like typically, it's not. You know, the Leafs aren't dishing it, but this year they are. You know, they've got guys like Luke Shen. They've got guys like Nolachari, like Zach Aston Reese. You know, dudes who are making it very difficult on the other end to to play against. You know, Ryan O'Reilly in the cycle game, leaning on, on you know, players and defensemen down low. So, you know, it definitely, uh, it's, it's, it's been a hard-fought series. And for sure, I think if they can get it done in game five, gives them a couple extra days to rest up ahead of round two because – Guess what didn't happen last night, Dave? The Boston Bruins didn't get it done, which means the Boston Bruins have to continue to play. The Panthers forced a game six. So if Toronto can end it, they'll have that extra day's rest, right, against Boston if they do. Maybe even the Panthers can even take it to a game seven. Who knows? And if that's the case, even more rest that the Maple Leafs can end up having. But, again, got to try and get it done in, uh, in, in five games to get that little bit of an advantage. Um, We will take a look at the lineup tonight and also kind of our three keys to victory if Toronto is indeed going to make sure that they come away with the win, put away Tampa for the first time, uh, and advance to the second round for the first time in 19 years. Um, But there was one decision that we're all kind of waiting on that finally did come down earlier today and we talked about this on yesterday's podcast so again if, if you're an everyday or you listen to the show daily you know you would have heard us talking about the merits of having michael bunting in the lineup and maybe the concerns about putting michael bunting back in the lineup and that was sheldon Keefe's biggest question that he had to answer today was what are you doing with this guy come tomorrow in game five and the decision's been made dave michael bunting will not play in game number five he'll be a healthy scratch in tonight's game Sheldon Keefe said it wasn't an easy decision just feels comfortable with the group now that they've won three games in a row but did say the message to Bunting was to stay ready he will get back in at some point here whether it's in game number six if things don't go out for the Leafs tonight I would imagine Bunting checks back in or things go swimmingly and he comes back into the lineup at some point in round number two um, but Michael Bunting not playing tonight. You were of the opinion that he should go in the lineup. So I'm curious as to 
what your thoughts are now that you know he's not, and if you think Keith made the right decision. Well, I mean, you made a great point, and I guess I'm going to have to uh, give you credit for making a really good case for Michael Bunting to not be in the lineup. It, it just seems like there were players who are more deserving to be in the lineup right now, and even suspension aside, right, just by what the players were providing in this series. Like we talked about, I'll oh, just take somebody off the fourth line. But if you look deeper into the numbers, this fourth line has been pivotal defensively for this Leafs team going up. Like it, It's truly been a top to bottom effort from the four group to, to minimize what this lightning team can do, especially at five on five. So I totally get that. And, I, I really do think it's, it's, it came down to Matthew Nyes has out has earned more of the trust of Sheldon Keefe than Michael Bunting. And if you had your pick between Matthew Nyes and Michael Bunting, I would say 99.9% of Leaf fans are going to be taking Matthew Nyes right now. Right now, yeah. But I don't think the decision really is Michael Bunting or Matthew Nyes. I think ultimately, like you could definitely take out Sam Lafferty or Zach Aston Reese for sure, I guess, for Michael Bunting. I don't think Mike, even if Bunting gets back in in game six or in round two, it's not Matthew Nyes who's coming out of the lineup. That's not even a conversation. It's going to be one of those two wingers on the fourth line. The The, the problem, I think, is you know, then you, what do you do with your lineup? Where does Michael Bunting fix? He doesn't fit on the fourth line. So you'd have to play him up the lineup a little bit and then move things down. And now you're shuffling a lot of different things. That said, Sheldon Keefe has shuffled his lines and we'll take a look at the lineup projection heading into game five in a few minutes. But ultimately, you know, for a lot of the reasons why I thought that Michael Bunting uh, should not go into the game turn, you know, is basically similar to what Sheldon Keefe was talking about, how, you know, he looks at the way his top six sets up. He looks at the way his bottom six sets up and he kind of likes the way that everything falls into place when he's not in the lineup. And again, it's not that Michael Bunting isn't better than Aston Reese or better than Lafferty. I think he is the better player, but is he, does he play the role that they can play? that is necessary to win against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is, I think, the question that we need to ask ourselves. And that's the question that I believe Keith asked himself. And he said, no, I, I don't think so. I think Sam Lafferty in a fourth-line role will get the job done more than Michael Bunting would in a fourth-line role. In order for him to be successful, he had to play up the lineup, but he liked Yarncroft playing up with Austin Matthews. And he obviously put Matthew Nyes up in the top six. All of a sudden, there's no spot for him in the top six, and you're not going to play him in your bottom six. So unfortunately, you know, he finds himself on the outside looking in. I'll give some credit to Michael Bunting, though. Looks like he's taking the decision in stride. You know, he said he, he obviously doesn't like that he's not playing, but he's yep. still going to root for the boys. And he's, you know, said it's it's this is a team and this is the sacrifice I have to make for the betterment of the team. You know, that's what he's got to do. Um, he also apparently has reached out to Eric Chernak to apologize, didn't get into the details of what was said, but did reach out and apologize. And um, William Nylander also came out today and said that Bunting, despite everything that's gone on, still has been a pretty energetic guy and uh, has been rooting on the boys throughout the suspension and even um, plans to, you know, will be supportive going into game five, despite him, um, you know, with his first healthy scratch of the season. Played all 82 games this year. 
right? So it's his first healthy scratch of the season or first game that he's missed of the season that he was eligible to play. Um, so it's definitely going to be a different uh, a different situation for Bunting. But I will say this. I don't think it's the end. If they don't win in game five, I believe he will be back in the lineup in game six. And if they do win game five, he will be back in the lineup at some point early in round two. I do believe that as well. Um, all right. On the other side, though, without Michael Bunting in the lineup, who is in the lineup and how does it look? Because it doesn't look the same as how it started in game three. I can tell you that. Lots of line juggling again from Sheldon Keefe. We got a new look lineup. We'll unveil it on the other side. And we'll also give our three keys to victory tonight for the Maple Leafs and how they can close out the Tampa Bay Lightning and advance to round two. All that coming up. But first, Dave, a word from our show sponsor. Yes, it's one of our favorite show sponsors. It is Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built you gotta try a built bar if you're like me and you want to eat a healthier snack but don't want to compromise on taste you then built bars are the perfect thing for you because they are healthy and taste amazing seriously they taste so great and you won't think that they're actually good for you because that's how great they taste they're made with 100 real chocolate come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar and maintain amazing macros, like a whopping 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar and 17 grams of protein per bar. And you don't need to wait to go and get a box. Now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. You can get your special flavors that are available over at Built.com. That's right. Head over to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's, Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie, batter puff, and churro puff. You can thank me later. And if you like to go and order at Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. And you can order many great products like the little mini Built puffs that are built puff bites. They're smaller. If you don't want the whole brownie, whole uh, built bar, go and grab yourself a built bar puff bites over at built.com. Use the promo code lockdown15 to get 15% off your next order. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We're hosts here at Locked On Leafs. And uh, it's game five, a chance for Toronto to close it out. They've had ample opportunity, ample. I think they've, what, nine, ten straight games or times where they've had a chance to close out a series and advance round two, and they have come out on the other side as losers, just flat-out losers in nine or ten in a row. Uh, this is an opportunity tonight for them to change that narrative and get through the second round for the first time since 2004. Um, you and I were 10 years old the last time the Maple Leafs were in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. 10 years old. Wild stuff. Thanks uh, for the reminder, Mike. What's that? Thanks for the reminder. We couldn't even yeah. watch those games in HD. I hope you remember that. No, no. Straight up watching them on, you know, the on CBC, Coach's Corner, the whole nine. That's kind of how it was back then. Tube TVs. I didn't even have a flat screen at that point. Back in my day, it was 
regular definition on the CBC. That's what it was. I literally had to sit on my floor to get close enough to actually watch on the TV. Okay, you're making it sound like you're born in the 50s now, Dave. This hey, I just want, about last I time want the newer on. generation to understand the struggles we went through and how spoiled we are now of the great technology. Dave, Dave so I was looking at our, our audience on YouTube today, right? Just kind of looking at some of the analytics that we can look at for who's looking at our, our watching our videos. Who are our everydayers? Is that who you are? Who are everydayers are, exactly. And um, a majority of them are older than us, Dave. So when you're talking to the viewers, they know what you're talking about. And some of them, based on the age category that we have, have some of them actually witnessed the last Stanley Cup and probably did have to sit five feet from their small, tiny TV that wasn't black and white and sit cross-legged, you know, as their, their parents were also sitting in the room with them listening on the radio or something like that. So, you know. I, the people know. The people get it, I think, is, is what I'm getting at. The people, they understand what it's like. Luckily, here in the year of our Lord, 2023, we got high def. We can watch it, whatever. We can stream it. You can watch it on your phone, on your TV, your computer, your tablet, whatever, wherever you can watch these games. Um, I don't even know how we ended up into that conversation. Anyways, uh, before we get into this lineup, um, how about them Panthers? You, you got to love an underdog story, you know? Uh, well, except Sergei Bobrovsky, who's not really much of an... Uh, would you call him an underdog? No, definitely not. Like, guy who's getting paid $10 million no. should have performed like he did tonight. Um, Like, he... he like It's funny, because I was talking with some, uh, some friends about that game. It's like Boston didn't play their best, yet they still dominated the game. And that's what makes the Bruins just such like it's just so annoying watching that team play because they're they're just they just find ways to win. Although uh, Brad Marchand is probably really kicking himself like what? Eight seconds left and seven seconds left in the game. Breakaway to try to win the game like a buzzer beater would have been a buzzer beater. It would have been amazing. Imagine how Florida would have felt if that's their season ended. Oh, it would have been brutal. But I'm sure the Bruins ownership group is also really happy the fact that if that goal went in, it would have saved them a lot of money on a flight. Well, I mean, I'm pretty, pretty, sure, pretty sure they probably had already a lot of that stuff booked, but they could have gotten a nice little refund. Boys wouldn't have to go all travel to Florida. Well, would have been able to have some rest. Like, that's a, that's a pretty yeah. beaten and battered group, right? Like, Bergeron returned to play in the game, but scored a goal in the game. But he's not 100%, not even close to it. I know he's playing, but he's still playing injured. David Krejci didn't play in this game tonight. He's not at 100%. So there's some injuries going around in that room that they definitely could have used the win tonight to, you know, have a couple extra days of rest before getting into it in, in for round two. But credit to the Florida Panthers. Credit to uh, to Linus Allmark on a brutal giveaway to allow the Panthers to score a pretty easy goal in overtime. Um, but yeah, so that's a, it's a three, two series now heading back to Florida and they want to try and make it, uh, make it, a, a you know, force a, a game six. We'll see if they could do it or they've already forced game six, want to force a game seven. We'll see if they can do it. Um, the lightning will be trying to force a game six tonight though. Toronto, tr not trying to do a Boston Bruins. They would like to 
eliminate this team in five games. And we have new lines. And Sheldon Keefe really took out the blender once again. And we shouldn't be surprised. We've honestly seen this. He's been doing this for a while now. Like, we were talking all of this uh, nonsense about how, oh, he's got to figure out a lineup for the playoffs. I mean, playoffs are almost here. There's only 10 games, eight games, seven games, three games. He's still tinkering with the lines. And here we are midway through the playoffs. They've just won three games in a row, and he's still tinkering with the lines. So we should have really seen this coming, that all this line tinkering was really going to continue into the playoffs. Um, but we do have some new lines, and – I got to be honest with you, Dave. I love him. You I think this him. is the best lineup configuration that he could have that he could have put out there. This is very similar to the lineup that I chose, that I crafted about a week before the playoffs started. And this is what all you really have to do. I think by taking out bunting, I had bunting in there over nice. But besides that. It's very similar to what I had, and uh, I like it. So I don't know if we can pull it up, um, but pretty much Nylander and Marner have been separated, and it's going to be Yarncroft, Matthews, and Nylander on the top line. Matthew Nice is on the second line with John Tavares and Mitch Marner. How about that? Matthew Nice has played six games and has already earned the trust from Sheldon Keefe to play top six role with Mitch Marner and John Tavares. Yeah, no, it's uh it's great for great for the kid because he deserves it, right? We were we were really wondering if we could count on him to be, you know, a contributor. And the funny thing is is that how many of the I'm gonna say the old school media i'm, I'm gonna call some of them out there like we're like ah how, you can't expect a kid like matthew nice to come into the stanley cup playoffs and contribute in a positive way right away like that's putting too much pressure on the kid and a lot of the guys who i, I would say that watch a lot of you know prospects stuff, a lot of you know junior hockey college yeah, like hockey friend of the show tony ferrari scott tony Wheeler, ferrari. guys like that guys like that who said like no this guy should be able even if it's on the third line you know, third line, this guy can should be able to find a way to be a contributor. And lo and behold, he's done exactly that. And I I didn't see a top six promotion coming when the playoffs started, obviously because he wasn't even in the conversation when the Leafs started. But as you watched him play each game and you saw Sheldon Keefe, as soon as he made that first switch to put him in the top six, I said, man, it would be nice if this was a permanent, permanent solution. And that finally does happen. I, I think it's just a testament to a lot of the things he does well. And hopefully now the offense will start to come with it too, because that's, that's the last piece of the pot puzzle right there. Him to have more contribution offensively. Like when he set up Ryan O'Reilly for the, or sorry, Noel Chari, or he was a part of that first goal. Um, you know, we saw a bit of that. We see him have that nose for the net. Those are positive attributes that you can put to Matthew Nye's game. Now it's starting to let's see some of the, the results, and I think playing him with Tavares and Marner should definitely do that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, you talk about it in, in the second and third period. You saw him take some shifts up top when the tinkering started to occur. You saw Nyes, Matthews, and Marner go over the bench, and, and those guys had a, a nice 
um, a nice shift in the offensive end. Then you saw Nice, Tavares, and Nylander kind of play together on a line, and you thought to yourself, this is interesting, that Matthew Nyes is getting a, a chance to play up top in the top six. I wonder if Sheldon Keefe is thinking about you know, making him a, a permanent fixture up there. And, well, it looks as though that is going to be the case tonight in game number five. And to your point, you're right. The only thing that we haven't seen out of Matthew Nyes is him bury a goal. He's played well defensively. He's done really well along the boards. He's played, you know, set up some nice plays. He's had some good chances, but he's yet to actually finish and bury. That's the one thing that we're missing. And wouldn't it be awesome if he could do it in a clinching game five? That'd be awesome if if that were to happen. And hey, there's no better way to uh, to get set up for a nice goal than be playing online with Mitchell Marner. So keep your head on a swivel. Keep your stick on the ice, kid, because that guy could find you in a very opportune spot on the ice. So um, that should be a really, really fun thing to watch tonight. I also do like Kerfoot, O'Reilly, and Achari as a third line. That'll be a checking line. And think about it. You're going back home, right? So now Sheldon Keith back on home ice, he gets to dictate the final change once again. You know, like game three and game four, you know, he didn't really have a say in how things were going to shake out off the draws. Obviously, once you get some on-the-fly shift changing, you, you get a little bit more of a say. But, you know, last change goes to Tampa in games three and four, and they did a pretty good job of, of stifling Toronto's offense for most of the part up until the final, you know, 10 minutes of those games. Um, now it's time for Toronto to get home ice, to get that last change again. And having Kerfoot, O'Reilly, and Achari as a complete shutdown role, shutdown trio, um, I think is a really smart move. And you have the exact same thing with Aston Reese, Camp, and Lafferty. You know, the top six, bottom six, I think is something that works for this team uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning because Tampa's built very similarly. So if you can have, you know, your bottom two lines go out there, shut down their top six, all of a sudden that frees up that top, those top two lines of Toronto to go out there and cook on offense. So I really think that uh, the Maple Leafs have a really good opportunity here at home the way that they've configured this lineup to do some damage tonight. And then the blue line, no changes again. There was some talk about maybe Timothy Lilligren coming in uh, for Justin Hall, but once again, nope, won three games in a row. We're not going to change a winning lineup, so they're going to stick with the same deep pairings, and I don't mind that either, Dave. No, you really don't. And, like, I know everyone wants Justin Hall to come out of the lineup for Timothy Lilligren. Playoffs, sir, it's a very long playoff. Injuries happen. Knock on wood that nothing happens. You know, we hope it's a very long playoff. Yeah. I, right. We haven't seen one in 20 years, but we hope it's a long playoff. Right. Right? You know, it's just it's it would be such a tough spot to put Timothy Lilligren into a elimination game, hasn't even played a single minute of this of this Stanley Cup playoffs, and you're gonna just throw him in. I, I, like you got to the guys. There's guys who have rhythm, rhythm, chemistry, who know exactly how things are going out there. Sure, Timothy Lilligren has seen a lot of it from the press box, but it's another thing to get him onto the ice. So, yeah, I'm, I, I just think you you can't really make drastic changes and change up your whole game plan. Yeah, the Leafs didn't exactly play great in games three and four, but they still found a way to get the win. And I'm sure now that the series has come back home, as you said, the matchups are going to make things a little easier for Toronto because now they can dictate certain things that Tampa was able to take advantage of in games three and four and, you know, control most of the play. 
going to hope that now things can kind of switch uh, with home ice being a factor again. And Sammy's back on home ice. Oh, yes. Sammy's back on home ice. I mean, I know that they went in there and they won those games, and he was exceptional in game three, stole that game for them. But when you look at it, like he's allowed, what, three and four goals? He's allowed seven goals in his last two games over there. He comes back home where he's got, you know, basically a sub two goals against and a 930 save percentage. I like those chances. You know, Sammy likes to play at Scotiabank Arena. I know game one didn't go his way. It went nobody's way. But, uh, you know, Samsonov with a chance to, you know, really put away that narrative that he is not a playoff goaltender. He's not a playoff performer. You know, those question marks that everybody had. Can you trust this guy? He's never done it before. What was it? He had like he was like one in seven in his playoff career after game one. And there was a lot of a lot of, oh, maybe Joseph Wall should start game two conversation. Well, guess what? He's gone out and won three in a row, and now he goes back home into his kingdom where he's been the best goaltender on the ice most games when he's inside that building and a chance to close things out. I think there's a, a lot of narratives that can be flipped around if the Maple Leafs can pull the win off tonight. Uh, with that, let's take one more quick break, Dave. When we come back, why don't we go through the three keys we believe are necessary in order for them to do just that tonight. What will they need to do to make sure that they pull up the victory and put away the Tampa Bay Lightning and advance into round two? We'll get to that on the other side. But first, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and it's our good pals at eBay Motors. A championship team is about each other being a perfect fit. Same with the vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items apply exclusions also apply welcome back into the locked on these podcasts it's mike DiStefano and dave morissuti we're hosts here at locked on Leafs, toronto with a chance to advance to round two of the stanley cup playoffs they currently lead the series three games to one with game five taking place tonight on home ice Dave, they've yet to win a fourth game in a series since 2004. What are some keys to the game tonight that the Maple Leafs are going to have to do to ensure that they are able to completely exercise those first-round demons, win this game, and advance to the next stage of the playoffs? I'm going to sound like a bit of a broken record here, but I've always been big on starting off right, getting that first goal. Leafs are a different team when they when they get out early. They can get the crowd into it. They're, like that arena is going to be bumping. Everyone's going to be, you know, waiting for that first goal to happen. So give that arena a reason to get loud. Make Tampa have to work to win this game, right? I think instead of giving it up to them like they almost did in game four, make Tampa work for it. So I would say start on time and make Tampa really work for their chances. Don't give away things uh easily and then i'm going to give a third one which is Ilya samsonov is going to have to outduel andre vasilevsky in an elimination game which is not an easy thing like we've been hearing a lot about vasilevsky how he's looked human all that conversation about whether he could track a point shot which has been very entertaining well uh, did you hear cooper oh i heard him debunk Derek lalonde's uh commentary there on the broadcast the other night saying that uh apparently that did not happen 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't admit it either if I was, <laughs> if I was. Uh, yeah, I don't believe him for yeah. a second. Not for one second. That certainly happened. Lon has no reason to lie about that on national no. television. No, and he's it, not going to make himself look like an idiot. Um, John Cooper has no problem doing that sometimes, but I, I would say that, yeah, like it's a very hard, hard task to make Andre Vasilevsky look human. They have done it so far. And I think the more that they allow him to get comfortable in this game, the easier it's going to be for him to steal a game. Right. So they got to get into his grill, get traffic in front of him, get him moving side to side. Basically, if he can see it, he's going to stop it. You've said that many times before. They're going to have to make him really work to earn each save that he gets in this game. 100%. Um, so far, 11 of the 19 goals that the Maple Leafs have been able to score in this series have come from uh, the point with traffic in front or a tip, right? Like these shots are all coming from distance and you get traffic in front and he can't see it and it goes clean in or it goes off some sort of deflection um, off a stick and into the back of the net. So that seems to be the book on Andre Vasilevsky. Um, get traffic in front and then try and get a stick on it and don't give him time off the redirect to to find it because, you know, again, if he sees it, he can react pretty quickly to it. Um, he actually spoke today, funny enough. First time all series, Andre Vasilevsky spoke. And here's what he had to say on what the Maple Leafs have done so far compared to last year and why they're having success this season. He said, quote, I think last year they played more skill hockey. This year they're playing that playoff hockey. Instead of creating that super highlight reel loop play, they're just trying to get as many bodies in front as possible and just shoot the puck from the blue line. And then he went on to joke and laugh and say, when someone said, what do you need to do better? And he said something to the effect of, uh, well, I could go and buy myself some X-ray goggles, which I thought was a kind of funny comment. <laughs> but well, it's a low key decent comment. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, it is a it is a good comment. But you're right. Like that's a key to tonight's game. That's that's been the key. This whole series, really, when it comes to scoring goals on Andre Vasilevsky, is is make sure you get traffic in front of the net. Like absolutely, that is that is one of them. You're right. I the other one that I also had was to get off to a good start. Comet was emergency. You know when they did that in game two, you saw how that kind of spiraled into a great performance pillar to post and Tampa Bay just was unable to collect himself. Granted, no Victor Hedman in that game, big difference, but still you start off good. You get a couple of, you know, you get yourself a lead and then you try and build off it as opposed to playing catch up. Um, and the last one I'm, I'm going to go with again, it's, it's pretty simple, but you know, stay disciplined and then win the special teams battle. The power play has been so important. So important for this team so far through these playoffs. 35% clip is what they're operating at. You look at game four in particular, the 4-3 goal came off of the power play, and the game-winning goal, Alex Kerfoot's tip, also coming off of the power play. It's, it's you know, to take a, an old saying from Mike Babcock, by the way, it was Babcock, not Keith, who said it. Yeah, the, the, that after we recorded it, too. Yeah, the toughness is in our power play. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far, but... The power play has been a big difference maker in the series. And the five-on-five play has been pretty even. You may even say that Tampa's actually controlled you know, more of the play at five-on-five. When you're clipping at 35% on the man advantage and you've been able to be more um, more disciplined than the opposition, you know, that gives you a good chance to uh, to win some games. And 
listen, I think that's the big reason why they're up 3-1 with a chance to advance as opposed to down 3-1 and, you know, looking to stave off, stave off elimination. So uh, it's been a big proponent so far through the first four games. I don't think it's going to change here in game five. So stay disciplined. And when you do get that chance to strike on the power play, take full advantage and try and get it done. That's what the Maple Leafs need to do tonight. So I'm with you, man. There's a lot of a lot of emphasis on the hot start, the good start. Make sure that they continue to work in front of Vasilevsky and take away his sight lines on the puck and ultimately stay disciplined and win that special teams battle and, you know, try and, and keep the net, you know, clear also in front of Samsonov would also be a, a pretty good, uh, a, a good key to victory tonight. We know how much they like to crash the nets and score some of those garbage, dirty rebound goals. So, you know, they clear the net, don't allow those second, third opportunities. They should be in a good spot and they should find themselves. I don't know if they'll be partying. You think they party if they win game five tonight, like is, are, are they celebrating? Like I know in baseball, if they went around, they, they pop bubbly and it's complete nonsense, but you know, because of what this team's been through the last I mean, 20 years, realistically, but even this core has been through for the last, you know, six years. You think they might take a little edge off and take the day to kind of, you know, take the night, enjoy it, celebrate it, maybe behind closed doors, but celebrate it? I think to a degree they will. I also think that you got quite a few veterans in the group that will say one round isn't enough you guys really want to go far and we got to make sure we're staying on the path. I get if it's a game seven, I understand. Cause then it's like, okay, you got two more days and then you got another game, but you know, if they win game five, you already know that Boston's got to play a six, which means round two won't be until probably mid next week. You'll have five, six days to recover. What's one night, you know, you know, uh, What's one night? That's famous last words for, I think some people say famous last words, you know, and you never know what could go wrong. <laughs> but I mean, I, I do think this- who, uh, uh, what do you do? He, he actually, he, he, what, what, what was the, he fell, I guess, or slipped off the curb and broke his hand or something like that. Was that the, uh, was it two years ago or something? You remember hearing something yeah, about that? Think- yeah, it was a sponsorship dinner, and he, like, fell and he broke his thumb. Yeah, sponsorship dinner, and he fell off the curb and broke his thumb. Yes, uh, quotations on all of that. Yes, exactly. So you're right. You never know what could happen, but I don't know. You, you, it, they, they would deserve, they, I think it would be a deserved, you know, let's go out and let's make sure that we enjoy the accomplishment, but also have the mindset that you you're you got to be right back into the foot, you know, into the fire. Hey, that's right. Next day, you're back in the rink, back in the gym, hundred percent, right? But smoke them if you got them, Dave. Smoke them if you got them. They win, dude. King West, like, like I'm I'm out here on the lakeshore, dude. This thing, this place is going to be a zoo. Yeah, you're, you don't. Dude. I mean, when we're recording tomorrow night, if they win. It might be a little hard to keep out the outside noise. It'll be an absolute zoo out there. It's, it's a zoo as is with just, you know, the ridiculous amount of ambulances that happen to go down this road all the time and people honking their horns. The horn honking, if they went around tomorrow, is going to be insane. It's tonight by the time this podcast is, uh, is out there to the people. Um, it'll be insane. Trust me. But, again, we don't want to get it too far ahead of ourselves here. 
They got to actually do the damn thing. It's not something that they have done in many opportunities where they've had the opportunity to advance. So we got to see it to believe it. Maybe it comes tonight. Maybe it does come tonight. Let's hope. Let's hope. Go Leafs go. All right, Dave. Uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and subscribing to the show um, or supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on These podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. We'll be back to another episode tomorrow. Will we be celebrating a victory or will we be somberly teeing up a game number six? Well, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.